my highest reward and satisfaction in life is to it's not to have a family is to be a family to be a family. Is to live my life <laughs> as a family yeah because like you know we tend to say i have a family i have a wife i have children but we do have, we say we have lots of things, don't we? <laughs> They're not exactly, exactly. They're not belongings, right? They are. I have a body is one of them. They're a family. It's a sacred bomb of, it's a sacred bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sacred bomb for life. Welcome to Movement Matters with me, Colin Kurtz, your host, taking you on a very consistently somewhat unpredictable ride, which is, uh, that's how life goes. That's movement. Somebody said to me just today, somebody's going to be joining in September. (laughs) He said to me, I got to admit, sometimes I have no idea what you're talking about, which I tried to just laugh at, um, and what he clarified was that he mostly was referring to like, why do you guys get into cold water? And I love that. I love that question, and I love that people. Obviously, I love that people listen. Thank you for that, and I love that um, we're talking about things that are not necessarily conventional or mainstream or obvious to people. And I gotta say, that is what I probably am wanting to have happen is for these less obvious, less conventional, um, less quote-unquote normal aspects of my life and the lives of the people with whom I seem to often be associating to become more normal and relatable. So on that note, get into cold water and magical things will happen. You'll probably... uh, well, who knows? Your brain will uh, explode in the best of ways. You may even grow, uh, well, whatever you want to grow. Something crazy may happen. Um, speaking of crazy, before I introduce the guest, who is extremely, it, it, this is a special one in many ways, uh, which I will get to in a second. Everybody is special, but this one, as you'll you'll understand in a moment, is unique, to say the least, especially for this podcast, for this show. Um, but yeah, speaking of, of growing crazy things, if you want, if you want to grow as a human, you got to go to native cafe. I try to go every day, but there's this problem. They're not open every day. Um, and they need to fix that. They need two things. They need a bigger space with more outdoor dining and they need a bigger indoor space. Cause eventually people are going to be well, people are already eating indoor there, indoors there because that's the nature of this weird moment, um, but we won't get into that. Basically, they need more people to be coming and forcing them to move so that they can just take over and have a bigger outdoor seating area because that's what I miss. So Native Cafe, where you can get the best food and um, if you keep going and bugging them about moving to a bigger space with outdoor dining, they may eventually do it. 
that was the worst plug I've ever given for them, but they they appreciate any of it. And uh, I hope that's the case at least. Right, Jay? You guys like when I talk about you? I sure hope so. What did I get today? Oh, they they started serving those delicious sodas that Andres and I spoke about. They're not even, they're not sodas. They're no sugar. They're so good though. Uh, what did I have today? I had turmeric saffron and it was good. I had that in addition to my Thai sandwiches, which were spicy and hit the spot. Very turmeric filled day for me here. You got to have your turmeric, right, Marin? With black pepper. Some of you may or may not. Some of you may know that reference. And if you don't, that's okay. We're, we're, we're allowed to not know everything we say. Hey, I'm going to talk about the guest now. I don't want to talk any more about anything other than that. All right. <laughs> we just start here. <laughs> I'm in a very good mood, which is refreshing given the, the month I've had. Some of you hopefully know about that. Um, I'll talk about that in my next episode. Basically, I'm in a better mood. Increasingly better and better. And no doubt in part because of this guest. So some of you may know the quote-unquote um, quote godfather of natural movement. I first heard about Erwin LaCour in 2009, a good friend of mine, actually my longest, long, yeah, the friend I've, been, I've known the longest. We, were, we grew up together. I think we met when we were probably like four or something. He mentioned him to me. It was back when I was getting into natural movement, so to speak, and, and grounding and earthing and checking out different footwear and, and literally just putting my actual feet on the ground, which if you don't do regularly, you really need to. Um, I hope you start if you don't. Anyway, I there's a video, which I'll make a plug for later, um, which highlights this guy running around the woods, swimming deep diving, doing even a little martial arts, uh, muscle ups in trees, crawling underneath low branches, running like a gazelle. And that was back in 2008, 2009. This guy, Erwin LaCour, who has since become known as the godfather of natural movement and the founder of MoveNat and uh, an author, which I'll mention again in a moment here. I'll plug his book. And I got to talk with him, <laughs> which was such a sweet honor and sweet thing for him to be open to doing. I felt so, I feel so grateful and so honored. And it was, it was wonderful. Um, he's a really sweet guy. And we had a really, we could have kept talking, as you'll hear. I thought we only had about an hour. Turns out we we probably could have just kept going. I actually needed to go because a client ended up because a client showed up. Um, but I would love to talk with this fine fella again. He he turns fifty this year in September, so it's a big you could say it's a big year for him. Uh, he doesn't seem a day over what uh whatever age he was when I I guess it was uh thirty eight when I first heard of him. Um, God, what do we talk about? Here's the thing. We don't talk about any of that, really. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even really go into MoveNet, which is his main, quote-unquote, claim to fame, creating uh, 
this international um, movement brand, which is very worth checking out to say the least and learning from. We barely talk about any of that. We talk about mostly thinking that I only had an hour. I wanted to ask him about something that maybe he doesn't normally get to touch upon. And I, I chose to talk about family and ask him about family and being a father and a husband actually as well. And it was so, I think it was a refreshing conversation for him. I'm not entirely sure. Erwin, you can confirm that for me or not. Either way, I know that it was it was enjoyable um, for both of us. I think getting to share what he had to share, which is quite a bit about parenting and and how to be a man, quite frankly, was easy for him and and it flowed very nicely. Um, there's no doubt that he did most of the talking, which was wonderful for me. I mostly just got to sit back and listen and make sure that I kept things going with occasionally a good question or interjection. But it, he has so much to say about being a parent, being a husband, being a teacher, being a guide, be, representing a particular, obviously natural way of life. And there's a lot of wisdom in every episode of Movement Matters, but without a doubt, this is one of the most specific ones, one where we're most focused, one where you really do just hear what somebody's somebody's point of view. You're just listening to some somebody's very clear and well thought out, well organized point of view. And I'm just grateful to be able to do this and share this and experience this with <laughs> with as many people as possible because this is why I do all of this. It's podcasts like this which remind me of how rewarding it is to be able to do this and to do this. Um, it's, it's wonderful. This is such a great medium for learning and for seeing each other in better and better ways and ideally for making human life better for as many people as possible. And that is definitely the context for <laughs> what we get into. Um, let's see, I mentioned his book. It is called The Practice of Natural Movement, Reclaim Power, Health, and Freedom. And interesting phrase I'm going to leave you with it before you get into conversation. Um, this is more or less a direct quote from him because I asked him what he would want me to say about him in the intro. And he says something interesting. I'm in the process of evolving towards something different. And he means different from being, quote unquote, the godfather of natural movement. Um, I think, I could be wrong, that what he touches on in this conversation has a lot to do with what he's referring to there in terms of evolving towards something different. But I don't know. You decide. You listen and you decide. Whatever the case, thank you for listening. Thank you, Erwin. It was wonderful to connect with you. And um, see you guys at the end of the show. All right. That's all for now. Enjoy. Erwin the Core. 
if you did. I, I think mean. it looks good. The ceiling looks perfect. That's fun to see. Yeah. Where are you in New Mexico again? I couldn't quite. Uh, it's it's a little village. Uh, it's like 800 people here. Uh, it's called Truchas. Perfect. Truchas, it's uh, Spanish for trout. Got it. Got it. Uh, I see. My. Here we go. That's what. Now the better. You talk again? Yeah. <laughs> we got the real deal. Well, we started recording. This is all good stuff anyway. Um, yeah, my brother lived in Santa Fe, so I know that area well in north and oh, south. Nice. Bit, but. Okay, well, just let me know uh, whenever you, you're around, okay? Awesome. Yeah, there was a really sweet Zen center that I stayed at for a little bit, I think in Santa Fe. But obviously, it's a big state, so you might not be. Near. There's a lot of those. I think here. it's Upaya. It's is a lot right? of, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it, it's a little like, uh, what's the name uh, in Arizona? That place, Sedona, uh, Sedona. Sedona, yeah, Sedona. which I have never been to. I've been to. It's really, really pretty. It's really pretty. Uh, but but here's the is the same. You know, a lot of. Uh, I love uh, a lot of wannabe spiritual uh, and some who are spiritual and, uh, but uh, a lot of uh, that, a lot of uh, it's searcher. It's yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I hear somebody talking about a, a vortex, I, I tend to um, tend to have a little bit of resistance. That's <laughs> what people talk about a lot over there in Sedona, but Knowing we don't have a lot of time, and obviously <clears throat> it's exciting just to connect with you at all, um, I was actually curious about parenting. Yeah, okay. yeah, all right, good. I was hopeful that was a little surprise. Is it because we're recording already, right? I did hit it, yeah, yeah. Okay. You good with that? I'm totally, I'm totally good with that. Yeah. <laughs> conversation between you and I and, and some people will happen to, to watch it, to listen to it. Um, yeah. So, what would you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> you have, uh, you I was, have yourself. I do. I have his ten-year-old son, Griffin. Yeah, and you have three, right? Uh, yeah, we have three. Yeah, Better you and Jessica. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's been fun to see her stuff as well. I got to try some of the um, the topical options. Curious if that might help with some of the old wrinkles, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, parenting. You know, I guess the. The joke that I was considering bringing up in the beginning is, um, you know, while you're while you're exploring all all things natural, are they essentially just like tagging along, climbing the trees, being little being little primates too, or do they have any kind of sort of normalcy in the conventional sense, like of structure? Yeah, yeah, and especially because it is, I think it's extremely relevant. It's one of two big things I thought we could unpack that won't be. That a lot of people may not know about with you, right? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's talking about parenting. It's it's a vice, vast subject, obviously. Um, first off, to be a parent is a blessing. Amen. You have children that you are you are responsible for at so many levels. It's such a it's such a responsibility, but it's also an honor and it's also a reward. It's all, it's all of that. They're you, you know, they're many yous. <laughs> they my, are, son's, you, my son's right re there. <laughs> they're reflecting a lot of who you are and of how you live your own life. 
and what is your own state of being your not just not just what you tell them to do or not do obviously but they are sponges for how you behave and not that much what they understand intellectually about who you are and how you live and how you approach anything but they feel they feel right so that's that's much more important and that is really you know when you want to talk about parenting usually typically people expect okay so how do i get them to be more disciplined or more attentive yeah i want to know how you get them to climb those rafters more right Yeah. <laughs> why aren't they are they normally swinging behind you there yeah they're on that side um <laughs> well first off they've seen me doing it all the time yeah so you know monkey see monkey do so um <laughs> we like to say that uh, about our children oh they're like little monkeys you know but a lot of parents uh, okay well guess what you're a big monkey and uh so what does the big monkey do? What does the monkey, big monkey say? But who it is that the big monkey is, really. You know, so what's your, not just your value system, your, you know, your worldviews, your directions, your guidance. That's all very cool and very important. But truly, who are you? How do you live your life? Yeah. How do you live your life? How do you think about stuff? How do you react? What's the state of your nervous system? What's the state of your energy? That is, what is the state of your health? Those considerations are really, really important. You want to help your children. You want to support them to grow healthy and strong and happy and smart. You have to be that. You do you have to exemplify that as much as you possibly can, which means that it involves that you are reflecting of how it is that you live your life. What are your own life, life choices, lifestyle choices, behaviors, patterns, reactions, routines? What is the non-set that you express? You know, the non-lecture, the non the non-taught that you express and that you basically surround them. It's an example uh, that you surround them every moment they are with you. Uh, That's the most important. Then presence. Now, how much time do you have? Do you spend with them? But not just next to them. Actually with them. Paying attention to them. Right. So there's so much to, to say about parenting, but love definitely is the number one. And a lot of parents, I'm sure, will be like, oh, for sure. I love my children, <laughs> anything for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but love, not just as a statement, not just as an idea a statement in the sense of, of course, I love my children. But the statement, which is, you know, like what the the Spanish speakers, you know, called cariño, you know, like the hugging, the heart-to-heart bonding, the eye in the eye, the I love you, the uh, uh, I believe in you, I trust you, I, 
support you. I, it's, I think uh, parenting is not just a set of guidelines. It's really a mindset. It's an attitude and it's a heart condition. Kind of like life, huh? In some ways, yeah. There's no obvious handbook. Exactly. Your book's helpful, but... <laughs> which is, yeah, which I will get to. Obviously, some of the more per perhaps maybe predictable things may come up, but I, knowing we didn't have too much time to just meander, which is kind of how I often am with people, I did want to try to be really specific with you, and parenting kept coming up as the top conversational piece. And despite people probably knowing you, and for what it's worth, I, I first heard of you in 2009. I, I rewatched the video from... Oh. Yeah, yeah, way back. Time ago. Yeah. Very wild. <laughs> yeah, it was a different world, I bet, for you, huh? You obviously weren't, I'm guessing you weren't married yet, right? Uh, in 2009, no, I wasn't married. That's the year where I moved from Europe to the United States. Yeah, it was fun to rewatch that video. Um, I'm sure you know the one. It's uh, the workout the world forgot. Do you remember that wow. from 2009? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fun to rewatch. I remember when a friend introduced me to that and pretty inspiring stuff to say the least. And, but between then and now, and, and just the extent to which obviously we've never met, but to the extent that I've been observing you, the, the family component honestly strikes me as really the, almost the top thing, right? The top aspect of who you are at this point, of course, a husband and a father and, and teacher. Um, but I really see that as it, it comes across as who you mostly are these days as a, is a man of the family, a man of the people, as opposed to this, like you are a legendary teacher, of course, in, in my opinion, but that so really stands yeah. out. That's nice of you to say, uh, but, uh, yeah, my, my, my real, uh, my highest, reward and satisfaction in life is to it's not to have a family is to be a family to be a family. to live my life <laughs> as a family yeah because like you know we tend to say oh, i have a family i have a wife i have children but we do have we say we have lots of things don't we <laughs> they're not exactly exactly they're not belongings right they are I have a body is one of the. They are family. It's a sacred bomb, of it's a sacred bomb. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's a sacred bomb for life, and I know that there are ways to be fulfilled in life that are that have nothing to do with family. Uh, some people choose, for instance, to not have family or to not have, let's say, uh, children. So you may have a family, you may call your friends a family, for instance, and that's okay, because bonds between people are really important, and, and like genuine bonds, deep bonds. Um, but the bonding that um, uh, takes place between a man and a woman, and then who procreate, who create new life, new human beings, it is beautiful, it is profound, it is sacred, it is timeless. No matter what the new world says, you know, and trying to re-engineer all values, all social values as being, you know, oh, you know, 
either negotiable or debatable or uh, unimportant or whatever you say, you know, but uh, some facts like biological facts and uh, they are timeless and they are profound and they are essential. Uh, without family, nobody's there. Even those who who uh, dismiss the idea of family or dismiss the importance of having children, or it's okay. Um, but uh, for me, it's uh, it is something that I've always wanted. A uh, long time before I met Jessica, a long time before we had children, I wanted that, and uh, I took I retook really my time. But once it happened, it happened beautifully and happened exactly the way I had envisioned. And that's, I'm a very lucky, very blessed man for that reason. Clearly. Yeah. And it shows, I suspect that's one of, if not the main difference between 2009 or 2008 Irwin and today. And also you're about to turn 50 this year, I gather, right? This is the, yeah, I'm about to turn 50 the year in September. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, we'll be half a century uh, on Earth. Um, it's it's great. I feel great about it. I feel great. Um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, family. Look, when you are when you are self-examinating right because the people who are into self-improvement you must self-examinate all the time you must look at the way you are the way you live and look at what is it that you can improve in your in what you eat you know your movement your exercise your mind all of that a lot and of what you've been writing about recently, it seems. It seems like you've been writing more. Is that fair? Um, in the last uh, year, I've been really uh, studying a lot, practicing a lot, exploring a lot, and I'm writing a whole new book about it. And um, yeah, it's taking me to the to the levels you know where I wanted to be uh, in my. Uh, in my personal practice and in my teaching as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was talking about self-improvement um, and, and about family. So if you're a person, you know, you, you think about your health, you think about your physiological health, uh, physical health, mental health, emotional health, you are a person who is into self-improvement, right? You are not a person who just, you know, live their life unexamined and eating whatever and living in whatever way with whatever consequences, which usually typically are not really pleasant consequence um, because modern society is overwhelmingly ill. And that's a fact, not a judgment. It's just a fact. It's just an observation. So when you are into self-improvement, uh, first off, that's, that's beautiful because there are so many forces around us um, that are stirring us in the direction, in the opposite direction. 
Um, but then do you want to be of the best version of yourself, which is again, an ongoing process. It's not never a state that you reach. It's an ongoing process for life. But do you want to do that just for yourself, which is okay? Or at some point, do you intend to share that around, you know, maybe teach it or uh, be inspiring to others, uh, give, just give people some tips and some support uh, when they ask you, hey, how, how do you manage to have so much energy or to be always healthy and this and that? But also, all simply, um, don't you want to have a family? Don't you want to? And, uh, and that's when uh, people have to make a decision between, okay, I accept the fact that I'm into self-improvement and to my health and, you know, my practices, you know, just for myself. And no, I don't want children. No, I don't want a responsibility. No, I'm, no, I'm not selfish, but I'm selfish, but I'm not. It's a choice. It's good for the planet, whatever idea you come up with. Uh, but really, I think that um, <clears throat> you are a healthy person. Uh, have a healthy family be a healthy family because that's also what the world needs if you're thinking of what the world needs um the world uh may not need you know it's a whole debate you know more or less humans but definitely the world is better when people are healthier and can transmit that to the next generation and to participate in the next generation so that's the way i approach it well i was interested in i was researching some of your recent just tweets and general writings and i, I it seems like creativity is there's a lot of creativity in your life right now like more than obviously just establishing a movement brand so to speak or move not like you were before um obviously it's a jump of 11 years i'm making but I was really struck by one recently. It's a sent. I'll just read it as you wrote it. It's yeah. essential to train to be harder to kill, but as an important compliment, I kindly advise the practice of becoming easier to live with. Also, in quotes. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that one. It seems like you're kind of really embodying that in terms of how you relate to, obviously, your family, but the world at large. Is it sounds like you're focusing on this easier to live with as a as a foundational component for maybe what, like you said, the world needs, regardless of the population. But generally speaking, that's, I was really struck by that one. There's a lot of good ones you've been writing, but that one really stuck out to me. It is my personal uh, duty to keep being the best version of, of, of who I choose to be in this world. That's my personal duty. So, um, what it is that I've gathered, the, uh, the insights, the understanding that I've gathered, the experience that I've gathered, uh, it's also my, my, my duty to express it, to share it with sincerity, with clarity. So those, those lines are insights that are also based on observations. Uh, the same way I, I tweet stuff or I post stuff uh, and I write stuff that then gets published, but also pay attention to, you know, what's the message of some other people. And uh, that hard to kill thing is, uh, 
uh, is great. It's very, uh, it's very manly. There's a whole movement about, you know, masculinity, uh, manlyhood, uh, because there is in today's society, a lot of men who are questioning what it is to be a man. Uh, Do you think that's like a, a newer movement or just uh, something that's been there for it's a, uh, it's definitely a societal trend. Okay. Uh, and, uh, some people are, in my opinion, doing a great job at sharing really, really good insights about, like, for instance, Art of uh, Manliness uh, is a great resource. Uh, some people will say, oh, well, that's, uh, that's very traditional, you know, very, hey, you know what, there's nothing wrong with timeless principles. Actually, you'd better stick to them, timeless principles, instead of, like, you know, jumping on the new bandwagon of some newly cool post-modernist value that's not even a value. You know, it's like uh, you're talking about things that have not, (laughs) not only has, they've never been tested except (laughs) maybe in some eras of decadence that basically led to just the disappearance of any idea of, structure and strength and vitality things like that so just go for it see if it works for you but in the end uh there are principles that are timeless and they are not uh based on uh let's say some kind of uh subjective morals for instance vitality biological vitality and fitness it's timeless. You don't want to take care of it for yourself. Don't take care of it for yourself, but you're going to be experiencing a lot of illness and including a lot of uh, um, uh, disruptive elements to your psyche and to your emotional life. And that is not uh, a lecture again, that it's just a fact. Uh, so, Live the life, live your life in whatever way you want. But in the end, there are principles, there are laws of nature, timeless principles, which if you dismiss them, if you disregard them, if you mock them, you'll be the one to pay a price. That's it. Just, that's it. It's, you know, it's unnegotiable. It's just unnegotiable because that's the way of the world, not the, not the the um, temporal human society world. I'm talking about the world is made. So um, that's so to be hard to kill. Okay, well, that's great. <laughs> Back to that. It's great, great to be strong. It's great to be uh, able to uh, defend yourself, to have physical strength and capability, to even have. Um, the knowledge of some particular skills of using particular tools or weapons or strategies for defending yourself of your loved ones or perfect strangers that are vulnerable and that needs to be defended. Okay. It's very important. And some people are experts of that. Um, and, and thanks to them that, you know, you can hopefully rely on people who are, people who know how to fight. Sounds like in a way, 
it is very important. Uh, but at the same time, so um, when I say, you know, hey, you also have to be uh, uh, easier to live with because in the end, uh, uh, you know, I hear a lot of those things about, you know, wearier, you know, fighting spirit and all that. It's great. But there is a point where when you actually have trained those physical skills and preparedness and as well as, you know, that mindset, that mindset becomes part of you. So you don't need to brag about it. You don't need to make it a big fuss about, you know, being tough, being manly or this and that. Just just be a cool person. Just be cool. And um, yeah, easier to live with. So I'm talking about basically balance and it's always the same idea of, you know, balance, the middle way, the, the way of the middle, whatever, the yin and yang. It's just like the, the autonomic nervous system. You have sympathetic and parasympathetic, right? And they're both important and you need to find that balance because a healthy nervous system is balanced and a healthy anything is balanced. So radicalness, it doesn't help anybody. To be monodimensional in life, it doesn't help anybody, it doesn't help, it doesn't help you in your life to be monodimensional. It's good to be uh, eclectic. It's, it's diversity is good. Amen to that. So <laughs> essentially, easier to live with can be understood in this context for men especially that are listening just understand that being easier to live with doesn't mean you have to squelch or or get rid of your what makes you a man like you said vitality or your masculinity or even occasionally the need for something like aggression it's not don't get rid of that it's just both both and is the the simplest way to put what i'm hearing so in a sense, you're, and when you say radical, obviously it seems like you're responding to the, the idea, the very obviously dangerous idea that maybe we do need to get rid of some aspect of our, of being human. And there are a couple of examples that come to mind, but instead of getting rid of, sounds like you're speaking more to the need to just reevaluate. Cause you did say obviously that modern society or, or even just the gen, maybe even not even modern society, but just the the cultural norms are a little imbalanced, it seems, but have been maybe for a while. And the trick seems to be communicating how we can effectively navigate something, allowing for something new without losing what we need to maintain. That seems like the hard part for a lot of people right now. Yeah, exa exactly. That's what I've always uh, been thinking about, uh, for instance, Not the, the use of technology, right? Hmm. Which uh, comes back it, to parenting. <laughs> sure, for sure, it's part of it. Um, but uh, who can deny the uh, the incredible uh, usefulness and convenience of the newest technologies? Um, in like, so like Zoom, <laughs> Zoom, uh, like uh, whatever. It's um, you want to create a, in my opinion, a culture for yourself, for your, you know, uh, in your own life, where we could actually benefit from the, again, the, the 
convenience and the advantages of discovering new technologies and those technologies become manufactured and commercialized and available and then they enter our life, everybody's life, right? Got a cell phone, okay. A cell phone did not exist uh, years ago. Some people came up with the idea then it became commercialized, then it entered our day-to-day life, and then more and more now today of cell phones with all the apps and everything. So there's no question about it. So is it good or bad? Well, <clears throat> again, um, before cell phones or before the internet, some people were already benefiting of a variety of modern technologies and making them weaker and sicker and unhappier in the process, right? We didn't need the internet, the uh, cell phones, laptops, uh, artificial intelligence to already somehow kill ourselves. And literally, I'm never afraid to use the word, degenerate ourselves Mm. with many conveniences of the modern world before the latest technologies. Do you find people, is that word a tough word for some people? Degeneration? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, because like who would like to observe, including for oneself, okay, it looks like I am degenerated. Yeah. I am degenerated. What does that mean? Oh, wow, it's so judgmental to say. In what way? Just because I'm like terribly unhealthy? Just because I'm I'm, I'm mentally completely off? Yeah, that's a very mean word to say, it seems. I would never tell that word to anyone. And it seems to be extremely arrogant and judgmental to even think that anyone in this world could be degenerated. And yet, when you look at what a healthy human being would uh, be like, live like, uh, you know, feel like the levels of physiological health, the state of the nervous system, their value system, you know, the values they operate from in this life and in this world and what they accomplish, you know, the the principles they live by. They're generative. Health is real. Yeah. And sickness is real. Right. Okay. So if you were to talk about any species and, and the species goes down, Typically, because of uh, inappropriate, uh, I mean, an environment that's new to them, they're not adapted to, and then there are diseases and this and that, you know, like so more and more individuals in that species start to just basically, they are weaker, they're slower, they are not as fertile. You start to have, you know, more uh, degenerative diseases, that's how they're called, and you have no problem talking about degeneration, right? Now we observe the exact same 
process in modern mankind, but oh, well, it's just it's bad. It's a bad word to talk about. It's like elitist or something. Yeah, I wonder to um, what extent my background. It's not, it's not. I'm sorry to. It's not elitist, but I mean, look at hunter-gatherer tribes like the Maasai, uh, like the health, the poise, the the energy. The vibration just so high, um, and uh, and still in some some countries and some cultures. Uh, so you know it's um, it's okay to observe differences in cultures, in behaviors, in lifestyles, and to see what it leads to. Good or not, healthy or not, you know, in term of uh, in term of uh, levels. Yeah, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having criteria and healthy criteria. Because if anything goes, then okay, anything goes. Just, you know, go shoot yourself in the veins. You know, keep eating junk food all day. Uh, keep sitting on your butt all day and do nothing. And, and this and that. You know, it's, uh, oh my God, that's terribly judgmental. Again, I believe in freedom. If that is your pursuit of happiness, make yourself happy. Your call. It's a, it's a funny word, freedom. It's a tricky word. It is. Sometimes gets us into trouble, which is sort of what you're saying. Uh, if we're not careful. It can get you in a lot of trouble yeah. <laughs> if you enjoy uh, undiscriminating freedom. Right. right. Without so the we, discernment. Right. We talk about non-discrimination. It's absolutely important. It's absolutely non-discrimination is absolutely uh, essential to treat people the same with the same respect and kindness and to value people re absolutely regardless of who they are. Um Obviously, attending that they're not uh, criminals, you know, like you know, uh, complete horrible people. But uh, to to value people, to value human life, regardless of you know what you look like on the outside, your background, all kind of things. It's it's a no-brainer to me. It's about you know being a good person, a good mind, a good heart. Uh, you look at a person and. They are human beings, so you see potentially, you know, a brother and a sister and everybody. Um, and uh, if you're going to observe that the person is, for instance, re in, in, in bad levels of health, um, your thought may be, okay, well, that person is not healthy, obviously. Is that a judgment? Is that a discrimination? It's an observation. It's an observation. If you attach to that observation instantly, a wish, a good wish, a brief prayer, a brief, a brief moment of your energy where you observe and acknowledge that, let's say, a person obviously is, for whatever reason, is not enjoying great levels of health, obviously, is dealing with low levels of health. And we're not even talking about, I'm not necessarily talking about a person who is actually has the symptoms or like is dealing with a, a sickness, 
a temporary one, you know, like, oh, okay, I have a fever and everything. We're talking about like a, you know, general level of, that pretty much today is considered as normal, right? Everything is normal. It's okay. But if you can have a, have a, a thought for the person be like, I wish you to, I wish you, you know, there's better, there's better for you. There is better if you could wake up to it, if you could realize it, if you could self-examine, if you could seek the information and educate yourself and change your ways, there is a liberation from that state for you. There's a process, there's a path, there's a way out towards greater levels of, of health in your body, in your physiology, which would definitely also greatly impact your nervous system, your emotional levels, your neurology, all of that. So um, uh, that is not a discrimination, all right? That is not taking that person aside, even mentally, and be like, forget about those people. You know, they're these kind of people. Well, it's not a uh, condemnation. You're not condemning, of course. Exactly. That's exactly. You want to invite, you would want to invite these people to come up with important realizations that they don't have to live their life that way. You know, there's a higher level, there's a higher quality of life that basically everyone could enjoy if they were to question what's normal, which normal is not necessarily healthy. In today's society, it's basically not at all. It can even be like literally toxic. So the invitation, the invitation, the invitation, the uh, if possible to be inspiring uh, and absolutely uh, necessary to just embody who you choose to be. And if you do, then sometimes few words are necessary. Just, just be that example. Just be the person that you, if you say people should be like this, people should be like that. Just, just be that, be like that. Just be that person. Focus on that. <clears throat> Would your assessment of the uh, the state of affairs be that we're we're understanding that? Are we as a species understanding that better? as you see it, or do we still have quite a bit to learn? What's your overall assessment? <laughs> uh, only, and only being general, knowing you may have, do you know your time frame? Did you hear back from that person? Yeah, that's a good question. Let me check out. Yeah, check uh, real quick. Actually, I have not. I'm heard. watching the clock for you. So I appreciate that. You are. Uh, you have lots of clarity. Um, I haven't heard so, so far. So far, so good. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, as a general, I guess, overall assessment, where, how do you think we're yeah. doing? <laughs> how are we and, doing? Where are we going? Well, are we getting it as you see it? And there's a lot of, I could get, I, I ask myself that question all the time. But Right. Um, so it's, my take, my take is that I have no idea where the world is going. <laughs> I don't know. I absolutely do not know. I don't know where it is going as a uh, like collective flow. You know, there are all these 
trends in different places of the world, everything becomes global. And then, and then there's also clearly those who manufacture trends, those who push, you know, you have all kind of, you know, the governments, the institutions, uh, the co- big corporations. Who are these people? Oh, you mean like the ones who try to commodify things? Absolutely. I mean, some people who are non-elected, non-elected, like even functional movement, if you will. What's that? With like even func- like even functional movement, it can be can become commodified. Tricky. Not you, obviously. I'm not referring to you, but it can become something that you create an industry out of if you're not careful. Yeah. Well, um, I, I. That wasn't meant to be a distraction. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any look. Um. I don't have an issue with uh, uh, with I don't have an issue with money, with business, with capitalism, with marketing, with branding, with intellectual property, with uh, selling things. Um, and as a matter of fact, um, even those who who talk bad negatively about about those those facts of life they don't have a problem buying their shoes and their clothings and and everything from made in china and and, and right. this all right so excuse me you're absolutely part of it and um and uh, i wasn't implying anything yeah, yeah. so <laughs> no but uh, but 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 i do because um i believe in um my what I invite, you know, in my, in my mind and uh, in my, in my vision, because we all have a certain horizon for our own life. And we have a certain horizon for mankind that we are aware of it or not. You know, when you look at uh, the world and where it's going, some people are seeing complete darkness and Armageddon mm. Um and I don't feel into that. I do see the, the potential threats. Absolutely. I do see some, some patterns and stuff, but you know, I put my hands like that and I, and I envision something else. And I believe in that. I believe in the, the, the power of individual and collective psyche. And, uh, and the more we, focus on what it is that we invite in our own life but for the world uh, i think it's a positive force it's real i think it is impactful for reals it's uh, it's invisible it's intangible to some people it's just some whatever new age spiritual thing but to me it's just a fact it's a reality it's the reality of the of the divine spiritual reality that we what we share that we're in right now. Um, you don't have a spiritual moment. Hello, the whole thing is a spiritual moment. And actually there's only now, it's happening right now. So um, back to where the world is going, what do you see, what do you invite? And uh, so who can tell what it's gonna be? Nobody can tell what's going to be, but you can tell what you want it to be right now in your life to start with. And what is it that your wishes are? What is it? What is what is the vibration, the thought, the vision that you express every day within you to begin with? And that's that's your to me, that's the contribution to whatever world, whatever direction the world is taking.
then you have the more tangible actions of how do you consume? What do you consume? What are your behaviors? Are you good to your neighbor or not? Are you good to each other or not? Are you good, are you good to yourself or not? Be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. Love yourself. Be good to yourself. Um, where is the world going towards better health, towards not so much health? I do tend to think that uh, movements, trends for you know towards health, towards uh, you know, uh, yeah, healthier lifestyles. You're like, oh yeah, things are changing. People are waking up. Um, yes, yes and no. <laughs> yes, because those trends are are real. Uh, even like going to uh, airports now, and you look at uh, snacks options, and then now you have you know sugar free, paleo, keto things. You know, uh, organic, GMO, that you're vegan or whatever, carnivores. You're gonna have alternatives that are healthy. Um, and not just junk. That's huge. Ten years ago, you'd be hard pressed finding anything healthy to eat going to an airport. Things have changed, and that has to do with a number of uh, thought leaders and you know people working with brands and products and teaching and you know and and shifting to. So, participating in shifting things in a different direction. But are those counterculture trends, are they the expression of a, a deeply rooted change in today's society, in the, level, in the way we live our life collectively, or are they the expression of a huge problem that the bulk of society, the bulk of Modern mankind is actually going towards more and more artificiality in, in every aspect of our life. I don't, I don't know. There's no quantification for that, right? So do your best for yourself, for your loved ones, and hoping that it contributes to also all mankind. Well said. I like the prayer part. You keep bringing in prayer. I like that. Oh, we're cool. praying. Everybody's praying all, all day. They just don't know. Uh, <laughs> don't know. Wanna... It's all a dream. It's all a dream. Everybody's praying all day. We pray with our thoughts. And praying is goes in any direction you want. It can be anything. Every time you think, you are praying. Because in the end, who are you but a soul? I feel You don't that. have a soul again. You are one. And therefore, all of your energy, because a soul is inherently a spiritual entity, a spiritual reality, a spiritual experience. So there's no in and out of that, is it? That you don't have an in and out of who you are, which is beyond your identity, your soul, right? So soul is the entity. We've had the idea. <laughs> All right. So... You think, you pray. You feel, you pray. You do anything, you pray. Doesn't matter if you see yourself as religious or non-religious, a believer, non-believer. The truth is that 
everything that you call you is basically an intangible and yet very tangible, but it's an experience of spirit, of soul. There's no in and out. Oh, let me see if I could have a spiritual thought. <laughs> you're thinking. You're alive. You're in this world, in this reality, thinking. This is a whole spiritual experience already. And <laughs> the faster you wake to that reality, the better, because then you can start to examine how it is that you operate, how it is that you use that energy, and how is it that you harness it, and in what direction, for what purpose, and based on what value system. And until you do that, then it's pretty much whatever. I get it. Yeah, for what it's worth, my background is actually more religious studies. I came from that side and then got into somatics and movement and understanding how they link and the reality that it's all, everything you just said, it's all the same. So I certainly hope more people understand that. To me, that actually does seem like the most important part, quite frankly, just understanding that and being able to embody that. I, I believe that is the most important part. You know, the finger and the moon, you look at the finger, you look at the moon, right? So now what's that? You know, when the, when the wise teacher uh, points at the moon you know, of uh, the student or like the, whatever it is in that, it's like a metaphor, you know, like the, the ignorant looks or stares at the finger. You've never heard of that one? No, I've not heard this parable. No. It's like, uh, uh, like you would have a, some kind of a teacher and you're a student and it points at the moon. And the student looks at the person's finger. And then the person is staring at the finger. Like, what, what are you trying to show? <laughs> what are you trying to teach? You know, like, no, no, it's not the finger. It's the moon. So uh, life is the moon. Got and and, uh, and we're really busy, you know, checking out the little fingers, the little details. Uh, it, it's okay because uh, in the end, hey, I need to look at your hair and make sure it's okay. Well, but you need to look at your back beard, to both. You need to groom yourself, men or women. You need to present uh, decently. And then you need to, um, if you work, whatever your work is, you need to pay attention that it is well done, that it's productive, that it's, did you put, you know, efficiency and love into what is it that you do, et cetera, et cetera, right? So our mind are definitely going to be absorbed into little details, smaller details. But if you can always keep in mind that whatever remember you Remember the moon, though. Remember the moon. Remember that you are... Uh, there's no separation. There's no compartmentalization except those that which we create in our own minds. But there's no compartmentalization. The you who is uh, uh, the you is dieting and the you who is exercising is the same you who is uh, having fun. The same you who is uh, in love or making love. The same you who is at work. Etc. 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 So 
the question is, regardless of all these external details, regardless of all the specificity of each context, each person at, each, at what time, in what place, doing what activity, etc. Who do you choose to be? What is the experience that you choose to, not just to have, but to be inside and within? That's... You've made the distinction about choosing quite a bit. I'm going to actually go through and see how many times. It's, it's good. It stands out. I hope yeah. people hear that. It's an, it's an important word. Choice. It's a very important word. Because intention. <laughs> choose. That's free will, right? That's free will. That's the part of uh, free will. Um, they are... There's everything that you cannot change. You can't change your, I mean, except for surgery, but you can't change your face, your body. Uh, of course, you can, again, artificially modify your body externally and even internally with hormones, all kinds of things. You can, try to, you can try to be a different person. You can try to re reinvent yourself. You can try to, you may change your name. You may change your story even though it's just the narrative that changes, not the fact. It's not the fact of what you've been through. Um, you can uh, move to a different country, uh, live in a different culture, have different friends, have a different job, speak a different language. There's so much you can't change. Um, but those are mostly, uh, again, those are external modifications of your circumstances. You change the context. It's okay. It's okay. It's good. I've done that. Uh, I mean, not the surgery part. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've done the you know the the living in China, living in Brazil. Uh, even I live in the U.S. Um, U.S. citizen at this point. You know, living in France, obviously, America, right? Mexico too, but originally from France. But uh, from my DNA, I'm basically 100% Celtic, Scottish, Irish, Welsh name it um but oh okay so lacor is your family name though right it's my family name originally should have been arcor so le is a is french they you know they made it runs right runner or runner or the runner oh no 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 because core it's uh it would be in a celtic language just written so it would mean something completely different nothing to do with running instead of being lacor it would be arcor that would be the original spelling of my, my full name. So my full name is, um, I mean, it's all from Brittany, but whatever, whatever your ethnicity is or your cultural background is and everything. Uh, so much of who we are as humans and as souls is absolutely universal. And we want to focus on that, what brings us together, what makes it. And so beyond the specificity of each person's circumstances, background, and then context, there is this experience within that's basically based on the same feelings and emotions, right? So the thoughts we can have, they're countless, they're limitless, because we can have non-stop thinking, non-stop production of thoughts, of considerations, whatever we call that, insights, ideas, opinions, 
reactions and this and that. And we can rehearse them over and over. We can create new ones. We can change the semantics. We can change the language. We can produce limitless amount of thoughts. But we cannot produce limitless amounts or diversity of emotions and feelings. It's very binary. They, they are either good or bad, pleasant or unpleasant, hmm. benevolent or malevolent, positive or negative. There's nothing in between. There's, there's no neutrality. And so, uh, to me, and so, um, what do you choose to experience? <laughs> Do you manufacture a whole set of thinking patterns, thought patterns and circumstances and all so that you can experience certain feelings and be uh, confirmed or solidified in the reality of the necessity of that feeling? The world is going to an end. People don't understand. I do, but they don't. Um, if only people could understand this, if only people could change that. And, you know, it's okay. Well, <clears throat> looks like it's the reality, it's the experience that you've chosen to manufacture for yourself in your own mind. And it only takes place there because you've chosen to. Hello. So it's um, in the end, um, uh, we, we have to tend to our circumstances. Obviously, it's important that we do manufacture as much as possible, you know, decide for, choose as much as possible the context in which we live our life, where we live, the kind of house kind of things we have in the house, our friends, our family, our work, where we live, all these things, they are external aspects of our circumstances that it is indeed our responsibility as much as possible to, to choose and to make it satisfying. You know, whatever your value system is, whatever your tastes and likes are, or your opportunities, those that you find and those that you create, but don't forget the moon. Don't forget the moon. <laughs> because within, within, you have to distance yourself from the circumstances that are, they are what they are, or you have actually, you feel that you've empowered yourself to actually choose as much as possible or, or manufacture as much as, much, as much as possible the circumstances. But most importantly, the context, the real context, the real environment, the real circumstances that matter, they take place within. It's the experience in the now that you manufacture, that you choose, and you have to choose it. And and know that, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people may say, but I can't choose and I can't, it's not my fault and this, and, okay, well, as long as you think that way, you know, be that way. 
So it participates in manufacturing your reality and your experience. Okay, well, if you decide that you're not in power, then you're not in power. Then who is? Good question. They usually, but that's not important right now. <laughs> some some, Others. Fiction, some Others. fictional characters. Others are the problem. The world yeah. problem. Everything is against me. It's tragic. Yeah, it's a tragic tendency. But like you said, maybe it's not. Maybe we're learning. More learning. I have, well, again, time. I, I can keep going. It looks You're, like I've got time, so let's keep going. Rock and roll. All right. <laughs> I have a couple of questions from friends, but I also, I'm, I'm tempted. I wasn't sure I would want to bring this into the equation, but it seems, honestly, selfishly, I'm very curious too, because I've been, um, I guess, dealing with the pressure in running my business and, and even with family. But I am curious where you and Jessica and the kids are with this vaccine thing right now, because it's a big topic over in the world or where I am, unfortunately, it's very, very, it's really, really front and center for so many people right now, more than I would admittedly prefer. And um, if that's a topic you don't care to get into, we can just go. I, I, don't, I don't care to, to get into the topic. What would you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> ah. Did we get vaccinated? No. Do we yeah. intend to get vaccinated? No. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. That's really all I was curious about. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's good. Fair enough. Um, my friend Waylon, I'll go, I'll go with one of his questions for the moment. So let's see. What is what do you think? This is from him, and I, I think I understand where he's coming from. This will be much more perhaps. I have no idea what you normally talk about with people you just meet, but maybe it's more often about MoveNet. This will be more about MoveNet. <laughs> what do you think people... That's what I'm known for. That it's is... <laughs> <laughs> it, well, yes. And like I said in the beginning, you're you're really, I believe, increasingly more and more coming across as, again, this broader under somebody with a broader understanding than what movement maybe often and this will actually tie into the question if movement or the concept of movement doesn't often necessarily make people think of the moon or overall context or even things that are arguably quote-unquote spiritual um i perceive you increasingly even more so after this conversation as as often being very aware of that context and movement is almost just an aspect of that whole context that's how i often perceive you for what it's worth at this stage but i don't know what most people think obviously um the question is what do most what do you believe based on what you've seen what most people maybe miss about move nat at this stage i guess it's like what 11 years into it? um i i don't <clears throat> i don't think that anybody is missing anything about move nat Good. Um, uh, I think that it's, uh, it's very clear what is it that we do, uh, that is, what is it that we teach, and what is it that people are learning. We are a school of uh, physical education, of real-world physical education, which is about being physically capable for the real world, 
um, that's the mission. That's that's the the foundation. And so, uh, it's, so it's a it's real world PE for adults, basically people who've never learned to operate their own body in any way that's practical in the real world. Like they don't know how to run with efficiency. They don't know how to get up and get down apart from, you know, using their, their hands and they don't know how to breathe um, properly, efficiently. Um, they don't know how to jump and land and balance and do all these things. You know, so they may have learned, I don't know, a sport uh, or no sport at all. They may have done some exercise with machines or with no machines, but still, you know, like a, this kind of movements that are isolated from any context. Um, and we are having people understand that originally human natural movement, it's a whole scope of skills of movement skills that you've forgotten because the whole education and society just tells you to forget about them you know when you're a kid then you are activating inactivated you're doing all these movements by instinct no instruction just instinct so you're crawling and then you standing and then you start to balance start to hang to things you want to climb things you want to toss things and carry them and you do all these things you will wrestle a bit and do all these things you know but constantly you're told sit down be still um think 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 or even well and specifically just think of what you're thinking about just be in your head right or just you know you're gonna get dirty outside is dangerous you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to break something. You're going to get in trouble. Your time is better used doing something else, this and that. So there's a whole societal, cultural peer pressure against the expression, the healthy expression of natural movement. It's like preventing a dolphin from being free and swimming in the ocean. It's like preventing a monkey from climbing things and jumping around it's like trying to prevent uh, any wild any animal from any wild species from physically behaving so basically moving the way of men to that makes them strong healthy capable free and uh, independent we're doing that to ourselves as a society so we end up with millions of grown-ups they are grown-ups in the sense that They've aged. They're plus 21. They've aged. They have a situation where it is. They have a job. They have a whole identity, a family, possessions, all kind of things, right? But they have a body that they barely know. They're divorced from their body. And they, like Jessica, like to say, they're alien to their own body. And they don't know how to operate their body except for, you know, standing up, you know, walking a few steps. Um, it, again, it's, uh, it's an observation. It's not, a, it's not a judgment. It's not a lecture. It's just an observation. And to me, you are a true grown-up when you know how to put your body to real use in the real world. 
What if you had to climb that? What if you had to jump over an obstacle? What if you had to lift and carry a person to help them? Et cetera, et cetera. All kind of potential physical responses that you may need, predictable or unpredictable, and where you need to be um, equipped, equipped with physical preparedness, mental preparedness, and, and skills, movement skills. So again, people have phones, they know how to operate the phones, all the softwares, everything, all the applications and stuff, but they can't do the same with their own body. So no, no education to me is actually complete ever, by the way. Uh, you wanna keep learning your whole life, but if you've learned basic, you know, the basic knowledge of, say, being able to do mental calculation, being able to uh, read and write and, uh, you know, general culture and things like that. That's cool. You know how to change your tire. Less and less people know. Um, that's cool. Uh, you know how to change your bulb. <clears throat> Those are very Practic physical activities. You're going you're gonna to obviously bring up physical education. Right. Practical things, practical things of life. But how come you, you don't know how to, you don't have a real solid practical capability of your own body? So anything happens, you help, you're not helpful, you're potentially helpless to yourself. They're also helpless to help anybody else, right? And so uh, I, I, uh, I'm not especially excited about a society that looks like that with people who are, for the most part, physically inept, physically weak and incompetent. And again, it's a fact, it's a reality. Take it personally if you like. It's up to you, um, but to me, it's uh, it's not negotiable. It's uh, it's it's a necessity of life. That's again, that's part of my personal value system. It's part of uh, what I believe are timeless principles: physical competency. Um, I mean, even a guinea pig in the wild is physically competent according to the, what's the natural movement of the guinea pig species. The deer is the same, the dolphin, the eagle is the same, the mountain lion, the wild horses, whatever species are. So we are the only species on earth that can afford to be uh, physically inept and there's no consequence for that. That's very luxury. It's a, it's a, a luxury. It's actually a privilege. Well, there's no immediate consequence. There's no immediate con consequence except when, uh, you know, shit hits the fan. And that's when you either, either need to have a response or you're going to beg that some people who are trained are going to come and help you. Right. It's a matter of priority, really. It's, it's reef. <laughs> Value system. Personal value system. I like my personal value system to be aligned with timeless principles. Yes. Yeah. The, the business over here is called real wellness. And that is essentially the whole point of the word real, which I gather is a 
word you value mm -hmm. as well. Right. Something we often at, or almost always now ask people sort of just as a litmus test when we're getting to know them here is what's, what's the one thing that matters above all else for every human? What's the top priority? It's pretty impressive how rarely people give what I think is admittedly the only answer. It, there are a few things that are tied, but it's air, obviously, the ability to breathe, the top priority. And then you put that in context and it expands. But people don't always say that. It's sort of obvious when you start to think about it, obviously. But it's certainly not the priority as far as how we've organized ourselves. As are everything, as is everything with movement, as you're saying. Imagine this. You have one hour left to in live. Li in life, you know. Okay. One hour left to live. And during that one hour, you cannot. Interact with the people you love. You cannot move. Let's imagine you would be just, you know, you have to completely still and your eyes are closed, like in a sensory deprivation tank or something. Let's imagine you would spend that last hour in a sensory deprivation tank. What do you experience? What do you choose to experience? That's going to be your priority. Because it's the last moments of the spiritual experience that you are. And you're going to have to choose that you realize that you choose or that you don't understand that you choose. You're going to go through experience. You may have memories, you may have thoughts, and you will also have feelings. Yeah. Okay. And then you have 10 minutes left. And you have two minutes left. And then you have your last minute left. And you know it's the last minute before, boom, lights off. Let's imagine there will be just that. Nothing. End of your consciousness. What's going to be your last experience? That's the priority. You'll find your priority in answering that question. That might be a good place to pause. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? To take pauses is very important. Yes, it is. In speech, in music, in life, there are voids. Well, knowing you may have rhythm, at least one more call, or you may or may not have another call. Or what, it looks uh, like Let's forget about it. Yeah, sure, sure. No, I'm, I'm feeling like it, it's probably a good. I'm feeling like we're nearing a good pause. It seems like, especially with that, that was a wonderful meditation. Um, but a fun question I'm very curious about as well is, 
Yeah. <laughs> what, what, a, what is an evening? What is a normal Wednesday evening? What is an evening like in the liqueur household? Well, having a good meal, having a good dinner, um, awesome. you know, uh, being together, sussing each other a bit, cracking jokes, maybe dancing a bit, laughing, talking about stuff, you know, just being together, together. So just togetherness, family time. Good. I mean, what else? <laughs> yeah. Hence, we come back but to family yeah <clears throat> Being yes easy, exactly easier to live with to be to be uh to be uh to be actually easy to live with easy to not live just with, easier right. to live right. with because the the easier to live with had to do with the harder to kill right so it's about like harder easier comparison but um um easy to live with it's better so you are easy to live with when uh, to others when obviously you're in a good place within yourself so make it easy to live with yourself and it you return back you look back to that idea of do i love myself do i love who i am do i love myself and it's not just about do i love myself it's do I love on myself? That is the thing, again, we're not talking about just a statement an affirmation that then you forget. It's more in the little rituals, but it's also in the, uh, in the process, in the, uh, in the practice. If you want to be in a good place uh, within yourself, there, there are two ends of the spectrum. There's the physiology, because your nervous system, the nervous system that you are, is the brain, and then there's all these filaments going all the way to all your limbs and your organs and everything. What is it about? It's about sensing yourself. And sensing the world, an interaction of the world because your life, biologically, your biological unit that's alive and that wishes to stay alive and actually to prolong itself through the replication of your genetic pool, that's biological fitness. Have children. So you'll die, but somehow you don't completely die thanks to that. Okay. But your nervous system is constantly seeking safety. And one way to feel safe is that your whole nervous system feels that a good homeostasis, a good equilibrium between all the forces, the energies that make who you are. So you're breathing good, you have light, you slept good, you have good food, the environment is healthy, it's sound. Um, that's why we are disgusted by things that are that gross, you know. Um, why? Because they represent the potential for 
contaminating us and basically being a threat to our own life. Threat to our health becomes a threat to our life, becomes a threat to our longevity, becomes to a threat to our own existence. So we're constantly seeking safety. So obviously, there's a balance and a level of health to be found. So now let's imagine an individual who is eating junk food all day, doesn't move, doesn't breathe right, stresses out all day. But we're just, let's talk about just the environment because you're that biological unit that needs the frequency of movement, needs the freshness of the air needs the, 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 the light from the sun, the vitamin D that's so important to all, so many of our genes and, and stuff like that. We need all of that to be healthy. So if we don't have that because of choosing to live differently, choosing to not pay attention to, all, to any of those considerations and to live a normal life, then the whole physiology is suffering. Hmm. Whole physiology is trying to find its balance in an environment, again, including air, light, movement or no movement, the way you feed yourself, et cetera, et cetera, sleep, all these crazy important parameters. And it can't find it, can't find the balance it needs. So it's suffering. Because you can't reinvent yourself biologically. Again, we're talking about you know, reinventing ourselves in so many aspects that are external aspects of who we are. But biologically, you can't transform yourself. You can't reinvent yourself. You can't change yourself. You can't change, can't change that. So either you follow, you abide by the law, the natural law, or you dismiss it, you disregard it, and then you pay the price and you suffer. Okay, so what's going to happen to your nervous system? It's going to it's going to sense that something is off. And even though you get accustomed to it, it creates a lot of background noise that's making you crazy. And so emotionally, your emotions are not stable because your physiological levels are not stable. So emotional levels are not stable. So now your thinking is also off because it's, it's a whole interaction. It's, whole, it's a whole ecosystem within yeah. So take care of that and see how you feel better already in who you are, in your nervous system, in your emotional states, in your thinking patterns. Okay. And now do a little the inverse. Tap into your, your own psyche. Examine within. Choose um, the good feelings, the good emotions, the good intentions. Pray, invite goodness. And then that's the other end of the spectrum because it will reduce your stress, reduce your inflammation, make you sleep better, make you breathe slower, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you have a choice between being constantly absorbed by distractions of this earthly world of this of modern world technologies media entertainment the whole thing and therefore because you're you you don't have limitless amounts of attention 
So the more you pay attention to everything external, the less attention there is left for anything internal. And so you don't pay attention to the internal, it's very likely that's not properly managed. And you are the manager in, in the head manager of your of your body, of your mind, of your heart, of your soul, of who you are. And uh, but if you don't self-manage properly, honestly, you should be fired. <laughs> because you've been given a crazy opportunity because you're privileged because you're on the show right you're alive and so if you want to keep whining about that about everything that's not right everything that's not fair and keep blaming a whole everything external as opposed to just, you know, self-responsibility. Just look inside, look within, see everything that you can make impeccable, stronger, healthier, more enjoyable, more efficient, optimized. And once you've done that, then you may look at, you know, what's external that sucks and that should be changed and that should not exist and that maybe you could actively participate in, you know, trying to change. But if you want to change the world, but you have no actual understanding or, or grasp of your own world within, then, you know, it's, it's, it's an inverse uh, approach to, to life. That's not the way it works. And you can't change that. Nobody can. Begrudgingly, sir, Mister <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful man that you are. No, um, you are. My, I actually had somebody uh, scheduled um, for after this to go do a, a movement session with. They're a little early. They actually just called a second ago. You probably didn't. I, I quickly closed it off, so it didn't show up. But they're here, and actually, he said he'd love to come in and listen. But I, I told him, well. I'll debrief him later. Um, long short, long and short of it is, I, I better get going begrudgingly at this point. <laughs> well, we can always do it again. That would be so lovely. I know some. Yeah, yeah, that would be so wonderful. Um, I really think this, under this applying everything more directly to the context of family is is really key, and I'm glad we. Got to share some of that. It's really big. Family is uh, family is life, and family is uh, is the future. And uh, no amount of uh, uh, social reengineering will ever change that fact and that reality. Yeah. And there's the finger. So cheers to the moon. <laughs> cheers to the moon. Um, enjoy that meal, enjoy the dancing or the games or the general merriment. And thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you for having me on the show and uh, appreciate it. And I uh, really enjoyed that conversation together. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, we'll talk after this, I'm sure. All right. Be well. Till next time. Be well.
So what do you think? First off, go read the book, The Practice of Natural Movement. Just mention that again. Reclaim Power, Health, and Freedom. And what do you think? Is is he is this what he's evolving towards? I wonder. Intriguing to say the least. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, I also want to mention his wife's work. He didn't ask me to say anything about this. I just want to mention that she is um she sells a lot. I want to just make sure I say this all correctly. Obviously, it's uh, if you go look at Feather Eagle Sky, it's health beauty page. Um, Reclaim Pureness, I think, is the brand. And there are quite a few different products you can shop for. Oils, creams, masks, and scrubs. It's at mists. Um, hey, maybe in light of Mother's Day, that'll be something you want to check out. But... It's a really cool website is what I want to get at. And I am, I'd love to be, yeah, I think the kind of products they're selling here are, as Irwin says, he's a, there's no problem with capitalism. And this is a good representation of how to be engaged in the capitalist model, so to speak. Um, I am actually going to order some myself. I'm going to try out some of the oils and I'll let you know how it goes, but Check it out, feathereaglesky.com. Wanted to just mention that on her behalf, Jessica LaCour um, of the Jessica and Irwin world. So that's it. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you again, Irwin. Really, really appreciate you making the time. And clearly we could have kept going and maybe, like he says, maybe we'll touch. I hope we... Reconnect. My hope is with everybody from this season, we talk again before maybe the end of the summer. So we'll see. Um, I think we're going to leave it at that. Thank you all. Have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, world, and go move naturally. Now, you don't have to go anywhere to do it. Just be where you are and just do it. Thank you.